hi, hello. Welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. Thank you for being with us here today for another one of our Wheel of Time episodes. And I think it's fair to warn everybody that apparently I'm a little unstable today. Are, are you? I mean, you it's... look a little blurry, but I just figured it was, you know, age. I'm getting a signal from my internet. If you're on Wi-Fi, continue plugging in. Yeah, I'm already, so it's something in my area that uh, speed is not what it should be right now. We do what we can with what we are given. How annoying, though. I pay big money for this good quality. <clears throat> ah. Anyways, besides that, how are you doing, Dad? Yeah, I'm doing fine. It's been a, a decent week. The weather's been great. It's been fairly hot, uh, totally dry, but not like insufferably hot and air conditioning works in our neck of the woods and no humidity at all. So yeah, I got nothing to complain about here. How about you? I'm all right. Got fun plans tomorrow because Rach knows people. So we got a really good deal to be able to do some escape rooms. Uh, it'll be solid. It'll be a fun time. Nice. Well, if we're talking about tomorrow, we can explain why we're recording at an unusual yeah. time here today. You've got a fun weekend planned. Yeah, just a, a getaway, rented an Airbnb out in the Columbia River Gorge, a couple hours away from here. We're just escaping from civilization and going to sit with a beautiful view, bottle of wine, and yeah, that's it. Taking some good books, too. Ah, speaking of good books, have, have you read any lately? Are you, you doing anything like that? I know I'm jumping around in your notes and you're screaming at me, getting out of order, but I'm interested. Ah, that's all right. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I finished, it's right below me here, the novella from the King Killer Chronicles, The Slow Regard of Silent mm -hmm. Things. So everything that is available to me right now in the King Killer Chronicle, I finished. There is one other short story, but it's in a collection. It's going to be published by itself soon, and then I'll read that. I also did Impact Winter Season 2 on Audible. That's mm. only available on Audible, people who subscribe. Mm -hmm. It's a vampire thing. I'd listened to season one a while back. Now season two came out, so I listened to it. It's all full audio, sound effects, multiple Very actors. Produced. Yes, that's the phrase. And it was quite entertaining. And now we got to wait for season three because it's not. <gasps> and then I moved on to a brand new novel for me. I've gone back into the zombie apocalypse world. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've started a series. Uh, this is called... Uh, let's see, book one is called Chaos, I believe. I have to think I'm enjoying the book, but I'm not, you know, trying to it, remain but what is focused it on the name of it. I'm, I'm double checking. Yes, I got it right. Chaos. It's the first book in a New World series by John O'Brien. Now, the reason I'm reading it is because he has an overlap series with Mark Tufo, who I've interviewed on here. Yes, zombie like fallout it. and a bunch of things. So the protagonist from a new world series and then mike talbot the protagonist mm -hmm. from tufo's works have a collaborative series and i can't mm -hmm. read that unless i know this other character so i'm just having to struggle through 10 more books of zombie apocalypse stuff tough for me yeah you know some people would look at that and go that's a year's worth of reading right there you it's like two weeks so it's fine but yeah none of these are long and they're just one big story so nah it's some, fun. Some people are lucky if they finish two books in a year. Well, yeah, I'm up to 89. It might be 90 now. That's disgusting. <laughs> and I'm keeping up better than I did last year so far. 
And that's with three of those being Malazan books, one being a uh, night angel nemesis that doesn't even count yet. Cause I'm still plotting through it. It's good. Book. Oh, then that doesn't count as a, it's not one of the 89. It's not even one in there, but it's taken some of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. So what are you reading now, Zach? Nothing too crazy has changed since last time. I'm still reading Nemesis Games, The Expanse there. Uh, I did finish the first book in, forgive me on pronunciation, R.F. Kuang's The Poppy War. I think you said it right. That's how I've always heard it. And have started The Dragon Republic, book two. Okay. Did you enjoy the first one as much as everybody raves about? I enjoyed the first two thirds tremendously. The final third I enjoyed, but I'm still like on the fence as to whether... I was let down or not because mm. I really did like it. And I think it builds to where the series is going to go, which is a good thing. And so I'm continuing to enjoy this next one, but it was just kind of a diversion from the first two thirds of the, how the first two thirds of the book went. And I really okay. liked how that was going. So I don't know. Maybe I just, I got my hopes up a little too high, but it was Maybe. very good. Okay. That's all the things I'm really reading. I do have a fun little side note on those books, but that's going to wait. I'm going to uh, telegraph the fact that we have an episode coming up where we're just going to talk about things because <laughs> I'm going to bring a story about these. Uh, into all that. right. Yeah. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, either wait yeah. or if go ahead watching, in your feed a little bit. If you're watching our content after it had come out, you're catching up on episodes. It's the very next episode that he's talking about. It doesn't exist yet at the time of this recording, but we have plans indeed. So he has no idea what I'm talking about either. Nope, nothing. Not yet. So I saw you were drinking something. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a lazy version of a whiskey sour, which is to say it's a whiskey sour. There's nothing crazy about it, but I didn't want to worry about the egg white and doing anything funky with it. So I just did it without the egg. <laughs> that's that's okay. When you said a lazy version of, version of whiskey sour, I was like, so it's just whiskey? No, it's the, all the other parts, just not the egg white. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm drinking a very clear beverage today. Straight it's vodka. Water. Nope, it's oh, just too. water. I'm actually trying to work a little more diligently at dropping a few pounds, which I've had some success with this week. Nice, I'm down nice. four pounds. It's always easier when you get started and serious. And the primary thing I'm doing is uh, eat just a little less and drink a lot less. So Fair water today. That's what I got. Well, on the one hand, I'm sorry. And on the other hand, I'm proud of you. Yeah, but well, thank you. But it's also, you know, because I'm going to drink this weekend with your mother. So I've got to pace mm. myself, you know, mm. choose my moments, not just, hey, I'm home and it's evening. Miller time. Except not Miller time because beer is not really my thing. You've yeah, you've never been a Miller time guy. What? No, even no, if you were no. beer Miller. No, that's like it's, if I'm going to do beer now, it's going to be craft brew. All right. Okay. A now few you notes. just sound pretentious. Well, yes, <laughs> I'm a Northwest beer snob. I can be pretentious. That's okay. <laughs> uh, just a few other things here. Uh, thank you again for all of our new YouTube subscribers. We continue to climb. We're we're approaching 400 subscribers now. Not quite there yet at this recording, but it's within spitting distance. So it feels like we were just getting close to 300 the other day, and now we're getting close to 400. It's ramping up thank you so much i hope you stick around and enjoy the fun we put out here for you um one of the things obviously we do on this channel is talk about wheel of time there's something mm -hmm. extra to talk about with wheel of time today and that's season two trailer finally hit that was just yesterday and i immediately put out two short little pieces of content on it that are doing great because everyone's talking about this 
you still haven't watched it, have you? Nope. I was planning to watch it before we talk on Monday because I figured we'd talk about it on Monday. Okay. We can watch it right after this together because I have it downloaded. I ripped it. I can do that. I can play it right here through this. I guess I'll see it before Monday. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But we can talk about it Monday. Sorry. I've been a bad fan. I've been working and things. I'm just shocked, man. Some people called out because, you know, it's the trailer. Now that's a little overboard, maybe. But <laughs> I didn't call out. I just called EMS. It's fine. <laughs> you had somebody who had a ride to the hospital, did they? Yeah, little kids sometimes have trouble breathing, and that's not uh, that's good. That's always sad. Let's not talk about sad things. Let's continue <laughs> on here now. Uh, I talked about I did those two Wheel of Time episodes. Uh, we've also got some other episodes out there now. People have been jumping on. Well, I want to say all these new subscribers are getting once in a while. They're because of Wheel of Time things. Most of the time, they're actually because of the other stuff we are putting on the channel. Correct. Like I've done my King Killer Chronicle stuff now. You've got Gentleman Bastard content out there now. There's all sorts of things that we keep adding in. Dresden Mm -hmm. Files. You know, uh, keep watching for that stuff, people. And let us know. That's what you like. That's what you want. And we'll keep delivering. For sure. Okay, I got nothing else. I think we're ready to talk about a couple chapters from the Fires of Heaven. Sound Let's good? get into it, because uh, we've had some short chapters, and these, well, they're not, not short. Especially not the first one. Chapter 49, no. to Bowanda. That's a name. Yeah. It picks up right where 48 left off. Nynaeve Elaine and her crew of people are boarding the ship in Sam- Samara, along with the refugees, yeah, the ones that Nynaeve bullied on. the captain into taking on. And we even get a little more taste of how she bullies to make sure they all get on and they mm. all get settled. And she does it with a little help from the Shinarans. Do you remember what she had them do in the background while she, you know, brow beats yes. the captain? At least vaguely. And I also want to highlight something about your notes that made me laugh in a moment. Okay. Because... So uh, she basically was like, hey, go like sharpen your swords and stuff and talk about all the like fighting and killing and slicing and dicing you did and just loudly talk about how it would be so easy to like cut off people's heads because that's a difficult thing to do. But it's really impressive if you could say you've done it. And it's really scary to hear you talking about that with that sword in your hand. It's very intimidating. They have a good time doing it. But I also want to say uh, that it was really, really funny reading uh you writing about how they're oiling their swords and talking about how they've used them and i'm like i'm glad that this time we're not talking euphemistically but it's really funny to imagine that being bragging loudly I, about all the things they've done with their exactly. swords uh, it's, i gotcha okay it's funny that the captain was intimidated by it now the refugees are probably a little intimidated too they have no idea what's going on they're just being forced mm-hmm. on a boat but hey, when they it's hear, better than the burning city when that's kind of what they're thinking but they really don't know what's happening to them when they find out oh Nynaeve has paid their fare all the way down to Boanda they're like practically kissing her feet touching the hem of her dress praising her singing for her and embarrassing her to death okay that's enough no touchy (laughs) so it takes them five days to sail to Boanda actually should have taken them longer We'll get to that in a moment. But we do learn a number of interesting things along the trip. Uh, Pretty quickly, it becomes apparent that the captain is a smuggler, not an honest trader. 
So this is Beldoman part two. Except a scummy Beldoman. I mean, somehow Beldoman as a as a smuggler, we like him. You know, we think fondly of him. Not this guy, Captain Neris. He's just. Ugh. And so dealing with passengers, honest people, saving refugees. Yeah, this is not his comfort zone, not his bailiwick. He'd rather not be doing this at all. Notably, I don't think it was Bail Doman's cup of tea when we first met him either. He just had a little less of a, oh, you suddenly have an entire horde of people on your boat. Maybe. I think there was a little better in Doman, though. I do. I think it's our bias. Now, accommodations for all these people. Proving a little difficult. With the refugees, there's like a hundred people that have been added to this boat. The women have a place. Not not all the women. Just our women, Nynaeve, Elaine, mm-hmm. and Brigida. Correct. Because suddenly the captain clears out of his quarters and they can have it. Now, how does that just happen? Well, one, they're the ones with money. Two, they're the ones who the people with swords listen to. And Tom, Julin, and Uno, some of the leaders of these violent men, have apparently made some pointed comments. The women are a little annoyed. And this is all, by the way, Nynaeve's point of view. And and she's like, the guys keep stepping beyond her instructions. It's not that she really minds that they made the captain get out, but she didn't tell them to make the captain get out. They just took their own Nynaeve's, initiative. She's like, yeah. Nynaeve's a terrible leader. She's a control freak. Yeah, it's very much, you do what I say, when I say, and nothing beyond that. The first part, what I say, when I say, that's totally good and fine. The nothing beyond that stymies your own talents of the people beneath you and destroys their initiative, what they might do for you. And she's lucky that these, these guys don't listen. Like, sometimes they really should, but other times she's got to let them cook, you know? One of the traits of poor leadership she's certainly demonstrating is, if you think of a great idea and you do it without checking with me first, now it's a terrible idea. Uh-huh. If I'd thought of it, it'd be a great idea. Come on, Nynaeve. Anyone who's ever worked any sort of job where you have a manager at all probably has experienced this, and it sucks. Speaking of sucking, the ladies are in the captain's quarters, and those suck. They stink. They're tiny. This is not like beautiful accommodations. There's only one little bed, and it's not big enough for any of them, really. But don't worry. It's better than the refugees who don't have room to lay down. Yeah, they can't even all find places to sit because there's a certain amount of the ship that's needed for the operation of the ship. The sailors have to be able to move around, and, and they're constantly in people's way. So the women decide to try to solve this problem. And they go to the captain. Nynaeve says, we're going to have to open up the the cargo bay. Your, what your, yeah, your hold. I kind of blanked on the word for a moment. And uh, let the people use the space down there. And he's like, they can't. It's full. I have cargo. And this is where Nynaeve takes advantage of the fact they figured out he's a smuggler. And uh, hints at that. Mm-hmm. And uh, how inconvenient it will be when all his illegal contraband gets pointed out at the place we're headed boanda he clearly doesn't want to get in trouble here you know he must have had a deal with samara but things didn't work out there now he had to take them right away and all that and of course there was riots and all he doesn't have a deal where they're headed no so what do they have him do just move it aside well, i mean technically yeah but moving it aside is moving it aside. off of the ship most of it gets thrown overboard. That's right. I just he gets excited. Contraband is like materials and things that like 
are not legally obtained as opposed to just like he's putting drugs in the water supply. He is excited at first when Nynaeve says that some of the fabric bolts and material that he has, those can stay until he learns that they're going to use that for the bedding for all the passengers, which will ruin it all. Yeah, no, the uh, refugees get silk sheets. And again, uh, Nynaeve's got this taken care of, except then she notices behind her, Tom just happened to be practicing with his knives while they're having the conversation. And she's like, but it helped. (laughs) Nynaeve, you did the persuasion. You did the intimidation. Tom just gave you advantage. Yep. Now, one of the reasons it's actually helpful, Tom, Julian, Uno are doing these sorts of things in the background, is Captain Neris appears to be a real beep towards women. He's an asshole. He really doesn't. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he does not like women. He He's very loud about it. All they do is cost you money and cause trouble. He's very clear to his crew. They're not to be talking with the women because he's sure that's going to cause trouble. Uh, he, he gives quite a tongue lashing to anyone who even says as many as two words to a woman on the ship. And then they learn something that seems a bit incongruent about Neris. Something about his home. You remember what that was? Uh, not off the top of my head. Well, he has a wife. He hates women, mm. but he has a mm. wife and a large number of children back in Abu Dhar, his home port. Mm. So, I mean, he must like at least one woman enough because he has a lot of children with her. But not surprisingly, he is no longer at home. <laughs> I mean, as much as possible, his shipping business keeps him out. You know, depending upon if I remember by the time we get to the spoiler room, I might have some theories about that. But I can't talk about because we haven't been to Ebu Dar yet. Gotcha. Now, there's a pleasant side effect that Captain Neris's attitude and ugliness towards the women brings about. And that's something to do with Elaine, Birgitta, and Nynaeve. Do you remember what that was? Uh, no. I'll be honest. <laughs> even when I read this the first time, I was a little bored of boat time. And I just kind of moved through it quickly. Well, when they got on ship, remember, they were being very catty. Their their patience was at an yeah, end. They were still they were very bottled nasty up to each from other. Samara, and they needed to get going. And they have stopped that now. They're being very civil, and the reason is they do not want to play into Neris's stereotypes about women. They've been acting exactly as he describes women and why he hates women. So they're like, "Well, we are not giving him ammunition." So they're smiling, they're being pleasant, they're making nice chit-chat. And over time on the ride, the pretend starts to actually become more the norm again. They do relax. Now, not instantly. There's still some tension. For example, when Nynaeve discovers a, that they're moving downriver very quickly because of a good, a good headwind. It's pushing them that Mm -hmm. Elaine channeled to cause. I mean, Elaine may have been studying with the sea folk their entire trip to Tanjiko about how to do this. But they've been spending all this time trying to stay under Mogedian's radar. And here you're going to do channeling like that. I mean, on the one hand, yeah. On the other hand, it's going so fast that they can't keep up. In fact, Nynaeve or Elaine says to Nynaeve, there's no way we'll get caught because I did that. I mean, if Mogedian sensed it back in Samara, we're way downriver from Samara now. 
a person would have had to be on the boat with us for me to even be caught having done this channeling. And if that's the case, you're further screwed than you know. Hmm. Going on. Uh... Oh, Nynaeve's temper is also a bit loose because uh, mm. she's getting seasick again. Mm. If it was just yeah. a calm float down the river, she'd be fine. But it's it's kind of rocking a bit because of the wind Nine uh, Elaine created. So hmm. Elaine, Brigida, they lighten up a little bit sooner because they're out of Samara. They're moving on. Uh, Nynaeve has the issue of being seasick always. And in fact, over this particular issue, they're still smiling at each other, but they're just about ready to toss each other off the boat when Brigida comes over. Again, all smiles. I picture arms around their shoulders saying, you guys better stop it or I will throw you overboard. Now, the men see all this going on mm -hmm. and they assume, wow, they're really glad we got away from Samara. They, they must be feeling much better now. The women on the ship, various women, are seeing this whole thing too. And they're staying clear of Nynaeve, Elaine, and Birgitta. Because they can read that body language. Yeah, they no, no. are way more insightful than all of these men who just have no clue what's going on. Um, <laughs> look, is this a point where I go, hey, Robert Jordan, may, may, maybe a little bit too heavily into the men are dumb and oblivious but also to a certain extent you're right <laughs> yes we say without the women in our lives in the room right now so as the days slip by i mentioned uh, they do actually start to feel better towards each other they act more civil but they do not apologize to each other like that would be going a step too far naive things we're just content to let the ugliness go oh, yeah away. we just let it go away we don't admit that anything's wrong mm -hmm. that's that uh, we did something wrong. No. Now, an unusual occurrence that helps improve Nynaeve's mood is her work over these days helping Uno and his soldiers mm. and, and actually anybody, even the passengers who were injured back in Samara, from bruises to little cuts and minor injuries. Now, she uses her herbs and salves, but she's also, in many of these cases, using one power healing. She never admits. The healing no, of course part. not, because then she can't be hypocritical with Elaine. <laughs> and she's covering it with the, the salves. Now, remember, when you get healed, you're like, Whoa! I mean, you feel it. It does something physically to you. And every time one of them reacts, she makes sure she's like putting something on them at the same time. And she's like, oh, don't be such a baby. Oh, it doesn't sting that bad. You know, like it's a reaction to what she's put on. And she's getting looks in the faces from the others like that. Yeah, they, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it would be. They have no idea she's actually healing them. None. That's pretty slick. <laughs> but over the course of time doing that, that means they start interacting more with these refugees, the passengers, mm -hmm. including the children <gasps> and the little there are ones. Kids. They love these women. It's like more moms, you know, and they're just clinging to them. And Brigitte's like carrying three or four at a time around. And it, they can't help cheer you up when you spend time with kids who are just naturally laughing and making a game of life. It buoys your spirits unless you're trying to get them to sit down and Look, be quiet. And that's another story. Yeah, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I'm also going to say you very much specified kids who are laughing and making a game out of life that's not always kids and i imagine some of these kids who are on a boat 
are not having the best of time. We just ignore the fact that there's probably one kid in the corner screaming and crying that they want to go home and they can't. The story portrays most of the kids are doing all right, but there are a couple, and we're going to mention those now, because the refugees, the adults in particular, you know, they all have hard stories. They're all here for a reason now, and it's not positive. Some of the stories are just kind of down in their luck. Some are much tougher to hear. And the women, their compassion goes out to them, especially to the other women. Because the men that, you know, young men or, or much older men, you know, they can kind of get somewhere problems. else and make a, make a way for themselves. They have options as men. Women on their own don't tend to have the same kind of options in this world. That's so the unfortunate re reality of this society. Their heart goes out to these women in particular then. And of all of them, three above all really kind of seem to to click with Nynaeve, Elaine, Birgitta. Like they feel something a little more for these three. And they're named. When they're named, that usually means something significant. So we'll point them out here. We've I got... Mean, it means something significant. And all of the 2,000-some named characters, it means something, means something significant for. So we've got Nicola or Nicola. Okay. Tesla. Her fiancé left her to follow the prophet of the Dragon Reborn. Then went and got himself killed. So mm. she's not quite widowed, but her plans for the future are in the tank now. And she wants to get away from as far as possible from this idiot prophet. That's why she's here. You know what? Fair. I do too. Then we've got Maragon, who's a Is widow. That really how you say that? Marigan? Marigan. 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 Marigan? That's how okay, I would say it. Let's say Marigan then. <laughs> I can never remember. It's all these different names, all these different I mean, pronunciations. It's not like it's Julian Sam, and tell me you know? Your first thing was correct, and I'm horribly butchering this, and that's okay. So, Marigan, is that how you said it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> her husband's dead, but that happened a while back. She's been a widow on her own with two young boys. Aww. And these are the two young boys that are mentioned as being pretty shell-shocked. They don't talk to anybody. They just stare around all the time. They're very non-interactive. And uh, Marigan just kind of, you know, keeps them with her. And why she's here now is to make a way for herself. As a widow, she started dealing in cures and herbs and, you know, kind of doing a naive type of thing, but in this part of the world. And that profession seemed a little too much like I said, I business now in the, in the, the climate of Samara. So uh, she's on the run. Yeah. Time to go before she gets burned like a witch. And then there's Arena, an accidental hunter of the horn. Now, yeah, what? How are you accidentally a hunter for the horn? Well, you remember where the hunt for the horn starts? The big old Elliot. great hunt? Way down south. Right. And her brother had gone down there. He just left, didn't tell anybody, took off. I know, left a note. Okay. She went off after him to stop him. That's a horrible idea. Okay, well, she okay. never found her brother, but she ended up taking the oath because she was there. That doesn't strike me as accidental. That strikes me as you didn't intend to, but then you got there and you were like, actually, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, I mean, while I'm here, a, you know. You can't claim an accident for something that once you were in the circumstance, you knowingly chose to do. That's not accidental. And and she appears to have kind of owned it because the other two women are in dresses. She's dressed more like Brigida garb, you know, kind of blousey pants. And she met Min once, actually. So she's wearing pants. Ah, <laughs> but she has had a tough time of things 
It hasn't been the easiest. She could tell some stories of some of the challenges she's had as a hunter for the horn. And she doesn't make specific of what went on in Samara, but suffice it to say it was time to get out of town. So that's why she's yeah. here too. Um, other tidbits that happen on the river cruise. We've got Brigida finding out Elaine actually is the daughter heir of Andor. When Nynaeve just makes an offhand comment about it. You know, you're not in your palace right now. Now, why is that funny? I mean, Brigida's been kind of giving Elaine shit for it for a while, being like, you're just making this up and being a whole Claiming, thing about it. Like, I mean, seriously. I'm yeah. a little bit going, look, I know they were like not talking about that because they didn't want to blow covers and stuff, but at the same time, when they were at each other's throats, how did there, how was there not just like a side comment in a wagon? How is this the first time that Brigida hears Nynaeve say something about it unprompted? I don't know, but this is it. Now that leads those two women to go off to the side have a very serious conversation they're working something out that Nynaeve doesn't understand again because she doesn't know any of that business she did not have any idea that Brigida hadn't believed Elaine speaking of Brigida she starts using her real name that comes from a jibe that Captain Neris made and she's like well I am Brigida by name as a matter of fact so you can start calling me that you know kind of thing and the women got a problem disguising. with it, throw you off your own boat. I think she makes a comment about shooting him with arrows, but the woman stopped, stopped the, the women also stopped disguising their hair color, which is like, oh, we talked about goodness. way back. They'd been dyeing their hair. They'd been hiding this. Um, clearly, it was a dye that wore off. It washed out over time because they can stop because their hair is not growing fast enough that it's that. just growing out from the remember. Roots. It's bright red from the from the menagerie. So, no, she dyes it again on the ship, but dyes it close to her own hair color, basically. She's like, I, I can't yeah. let it grow out. I cannot stand this any longer. So so the third day after leaving Samara, they arrive in Boanda. And most of the Sam Samara refugees leave the boat. Nice. But Nynaeve informs the captain that her party will be traveling further. And as he's a smuggler, it's not like he can complain to the authorities. Hey, I only promised they'd come this far, you know, because they'll just turn them in. You know, as they tossed most of the merchandise, not all. Also staying with them on the ship, those three women we mentioned earlier and the two little boys, therefore. What's happening with the uh, Shinarans? They're all staying. Cool. Yeah, they're part of just the crew still. Make sure we cleared that up before we yep. went. Tom, Julian, Uno and the Shinarans. It's like a band. Mm -hmm. And in fact, then those three women, they want to stay. And the guys are in the background, like behind the women looking Don't at Nynaeve. Do Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, bad idea. But Elaine and Brigitte are like, yeah, let's do it. And Nynaeve's like, okay, they can stay. Their, their compassion wins out. I mean, Nynaeve's got a soft spot for other medicine women. Now, once Boanda is well behind them, Nynaeve shares that you're going to need to make another stop farther down river. We're getting off for Saladar. <laughs> and he thinks that's about the stupidest thing he's heard in quite some yeah. time. Why? Because Saladar is a ghost town. It's something that has fallen into disrepair. No one lives there. There's nothing going on. Well, except for the gathering of eyes to die that no Which one knows, knows about. Nothing about. So uh, as he's ridiculing her for such a stupid idea that only a woman could come up with, he suddenly slaps at his neck and his hip some sharp pains and Nynaeve makes a comment on how nasty the horse flies are at this time of year while Brigida yeah, just starts no. roaring with laughter. Nynaeve was pissed enough, especially with his casual fucking 
anger towards women. Sorry, it's very aggressive. We never say that word. I did this time. You can bleep it out if you want. Wow. But I, I am not here for misogyny, okay? <laughs> I am not here for it. Um, Zach's on the record. There you go. That's a good thing to be on the record for, by the way. But I think it is, too. I, interesting choice of word to use for not being on it. but Respect women. It's not that hard. It might be hard to say woman versus women. Because uh, I have issues with that, apparently. Gone just past that. Just respect. That was like 100 episodes ago. 200 Point episodes being, ago. Um, you know, Night Neve channeled and hit him. Which violence against anybody shouldn't be a good thing either, but double standard. Okay. No, he deserved it. And it's not <laughs> like she hit him that hard. That night, as they're zipping down the river due to Elaine again... Nynaeve finally uses the dream ring to enter Teleron Riyadh. She's going to try to connect with Egwene. Now, has not tried this in days and days and days. She has no luck. Goes to the stone, the heart of the stone in tear and doesn't see anything. Calls out, counts to a hundred, finally gets out of there and has to admit to herself she's terrified. Just standing there alone. She's, what is she so terrified of? An itsy bitsy spider named Mogideon. Yeah, and she just can't let go of that. Elaine has told her, you're, you're worrying too much. Just just go with it. You're fine. But coming out, she's she's shaking. She has a cry fest over it. Both Brigida and Elaine, they had been on guard in, their, in the little ship cabin while she was going into the dream. They're right there to comfort her, to tell her it's okay, to, you know, assure her... You're not a coward. You're just, you know, you're working through this. You'll be fine. You just keep moving forward. And Nynaeve's like, I know I'm not a coward. It's just, it's hard. And look, Nynaeve, El- you're not a coward. You're traumatized. There's a difference. Elaine grabs the other dream Tarangrial they have. It's not a ring. It's a disc or plaque or something. One of those that had been stolen from the tower. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'll use this. Let's go in together. Which is not a bad idea no why haven't they been doing that for a while well Nynaeve doesn't want to (laughs) she's like i don't want to go back in but she doesn't say that out loud we just have her pov so she just admit told them she's not a coward elaine invites her to go back in with her and she's like well i gotta prove it so they go back in now why haven't they used it all along well it works different you know she's got to figure out how to make this work i don't know and and it does work different. As it turns out, you have to channel into it to go into Teleron Riyadh. Mm-hmm. So that's not necessarily something that'd be easy for Nynaeve, since she can only do that when she's angry. No, but it's not too bad for Elaine. When they get there, they notice there is a difference. Correct. Because Elaine looks fine, except when Nynaeve looks at Elaine, she looks kind of foggy, cloudy, like she can partly see through her. Which again, Elaine can't see that about herself, but that's how she appears not- to Nynaeve. The worst thing in the world that she seems to be not fully there. It's a scary place. Maybe you don't want to be fully there. Mm. The two women visit a number of locations together now, and they learn a few things. And I'm just going to highlight the briefest number of these. Um, mm-hmm. They quickly go to the palace in, uh, of uh, Andor, you know, in in uh, Camelin, and Elaine just says it, it feels so empty. Now, what could that mean? We know something from many chapters um, ago that she doesn't know. Her spidey sense is tingling to let her know that her mom left. 
And not only her mom, pretty much anyone who was supportive of her mom either left with her or was already driven out. So it's all bad people. It's empty of what is familiar, the people that quote unquote belong there. Now they stop at Emmons Field and Nynaeve recognizes a huge new three-story building in town mm -hmm. and a stone plinth, uh, like a memorial thing, a statue, not a statue, uh, I don't know, just a... A memorial of sorts. That's what they usually are called. With a whole bunch of people's names on it. Mm. And she recognizes most of them as people who live in Emmons Field. Don't know what that's uh, about. Nanny lived. Lived in Emmons Field. <laughs> we know she does not. <laughs> There's also a couple of banners. One's got a red wolf's head. One has a red eagle. She has no idea what this is. Glory to Menethrin, Lord Golden Eyes. Yeah, there's, there's some learning to do there. They've been out of touch for a while. They stop <clears throat> in the White Tower in uh, the Amerlin study and go through Elida's papers again. And, and it's been a while what do they since learn? they did that. Hmm? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, they learn here that Elida has received news, ran across the Dragon Wall. But it's old news, but uh, taken yeah, action she, she knows now. Yep. Elida seems to be angry about a lot of things. That's also not new. Um, she's always been angry about a lot of things. One of the things she's clearly angry about is now separately. They had already heard about the amnesty Elida put yeah. out for yeah. sisters to come back to the tower. Apparently, very few came back to the tower. And I that don't think there's. I don't think there's a lot of trust in amnesty when the last uh, Amerlin was kind of behind closed doors brought down stilled and executed without anyone knowing because truth be told they weren't executed right. but like that's that's the narrative that's being pushed forward yep uh pedra nile is still calling in the white cloaks for reasons nobody knows i'm sure that won't amount to anything davram bashir is still missing despite having a big army with him and humorously they have no idea who davram bashir is i mean we at least recognize the name theoretically. We've heard it, I think, once before uh, from I another character. We I think we heard it last book. Yeah, yeah. Did we meet him last book or only no, hear about? No, him? we have not met him yet. I know he's in the next book. Yeah, we have not met him yet. Okay, but yeah, we've certainly met a certain uh, Fail who has the same last name. And uh, everyone is forbidden by Elida from mentioning Mazrum Taim. Mm, mm. Why? They don't oh, know Oh, because he why. escaped. Yeah, he's on the loose, and we're not going to talk about Escape. that. Escape. We don't talk about Taim, no, no. We don't talk about Taim, no, no. I don't know if that's a parody that I want to hear about, but maybe. <laughs> Nynaeve and Elaine continue returning to Teleron Riyadh each night after this night. And it gets easier and easier for Nynaeve. She relaxes more. Nothing's happened. They take turns using the different ones. So Nynaeve can also experience what it's like. And Elaine can see what Nynaeve looks like when she's doing that. And it's honestly very cathartic for uh, Elaine every time when they try to do that. Because Elaine has to piss off Nynaeve. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Nynaeve has to work herself up to be able to do that. Uh, they spend some time in Teleron Riyadh, not just looking for information, but also figuring out what else can they do mm -hmm. in the dream world, kind of honing some of their abilities. For example, one thing they specifically, they had heard they could do from Egwene at one point, and now they figure out how to do it, how to keep someone in the dream. So like 
Nynaeve will try to keep Elaine in the dream while Elaine tries to leave and wake up and vice versa. And they do eventually figure it out. Uh, it was interesting how they figure it out. And it's just, you basically have to think hard enough that the other person is actually part of the dream and that controls their ability. They can't leave because they've been trapped into it. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Finally, one night, as they are again in the heart of the stone together, a Meese and a Gwen show up. At last! Humorously, both Nynaeve and Elaine start to ask Egwene about that last time she spoke to them. Now, remember the last time? Yeah, in their dreams, not in the world of dreams. Right, right. And they want to know how she did that, and she cuts them off before they can complete the phrases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very intentional she cuts them Oh yeah, them off. so intentional. What might that mean, Zach? She's not allowed to do that, and Amisa's is standing right there. <laughs> it's like, whap, whap, whap. The news that Egwene interrupts them to share because it's so important and such urgent news is stuff she, some of it is stuff she already shared with them in the dream. It's the stuff that she already told them, but Amisa doesn't know she already told them. Right, right. Although she does tell them more now. Yeah. So the Battle of Kyrian and Rand and, and everything's fine there. That they knew already. But they didn't know that Matt had killed Kuladin. They're like, get out what? Shut the front door. You know, and a little bit of a, that's going to go to his head. And it's like, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't really think so. Probably uh, not. Egwene talks about the strange school that Rand has created. And I think this is the first place we learn about it. We're going to hear about it more it later. But it was hinted towards with some of his uh, inventive the telescope people. Exactly. And helping people with their innovative ideas. Um, but he's actually made it a more official thing. He's created a place in Kyrian, and he's funded it, where scholars and craftsmen are given space and time to basically study, research, experiment, and create stuff. It's kind of crazy to me, because Kyrian throughout a lot of this series, especially so far, is a shit show. It is completely unstable. <laughs> there is nothing good going on. And yet, it is also kind of a central hub for a renaissance of sorts, especially when it comes to innovation and technology how about that the remaining shido they have fled to the north though apparently more shido are joining them coming over the dragon wall so their numbers are growing again which is kind of inconvenient but Rand doesn't seem to be bothering with them he's just ignoring them he's sent half of his aiel already the other direction towards mm. tear and rand is not telling anybody why he's making the decisions Egwene says, maybe Moraine knows. He, she's about the only one he'll talk to, but he's keeping his own counsel as far as we can tell. He has a plan, maybe. But this is just like when he was in Tyr, and he wasn't telling people what he was going to do because he had to keep the Forsaken guessing. And he's on high alert now. He was just attacked by a Forsaken. So yeah, when that is he makes not? sense. The girls then bring Egwene up to speed. Everything, all the way to their present course now to Saladar. And Amis is encouraged. Okay, so you're going to meet with the sisters. Do you think these Aes Sedai will support Rand? And yeah, Elaine is confident. Absolutely. Why is Elaine so confident that they'll support Rand? Um, mostly because she's pretty dang sure it's the opposite of what Elida is going to do. It's she the doesn't political actually move. Have, yeah, she doesn't have any faith in the Aes Sedai. She has faith in them to spite Elida. Yeah. If they were to choose the same approach to Rand that Elida is choosing, then 
it kind of sets them up as just some rebels who just don't want her in charge. Instead of having a legitimate standing of Elida is doing things wrong and we need to stand for the way I said I should be. Granted, that argument has a little less merit if Elida surprises everyone by saying, hey, maybe we should support Rand. That would be complicated. We're pretty sure that that's not exactly what she's going to do, but you know, not her style. Who knows? Now, after the meeting, there's the meeting that takes place after the meeting. This is a long-standing practice where, okay, Egwene and Amis leave, and then the girls go to the White Tower, and Egwene shows up there. And when she does show up, she gives them a bit of a tongue lashing for almost babbling about her appearing to them in their dreams. She's like, do you have to tell everything? Can you not keep a single freaking secret? And Nynaeve is kind of embarrassed because, yeah, she did almost babble everything, and... That's not that's not a character. She was startled. She was caught off guard. She's in Teleron Riyadh. We're okay. Maybe she still is a little unsettled. And the grain is she... still using that to her advantage to put Nynaeve on her back foot and bully her into place. And since she's using that thing she has to channel into, when she gets embarrassed, she's no longer angry enough and she loses Oof. the ability to channel and wakes up. Elaine joins her a couple minutes later. Uh, she and Gwen did, you know, go through a little more information, look to see what they could find. They didn't find much, and Elaine didn't want to stay too long, lest Nynaeve start worrying. But the one key thing they shared here is that they learned Elida is demoting a full sister back to accept it. Huh, is that allowed? Like, could she do that? Can she? Yeah. It's an interesting thing, because, like, I mean, if she's doing it, clearly she can, kind of. Um, But also, like, can she unothrod the sister? Probably not. So what's the deal there? It's another thing about power. You don't necessarily have the power that you say you have, but you do have the power that people say you have. So if they let her demote someone, that's precedent. And she gets to keep doing that if necessary. Mm-hmm. Finally, this chapter ends, again, it was a really long one, with their arrival at the appropriate piece of shoreline they have to row to it there's no place for the boat to dock there's no signs of saladar but the captain says it's right through that way this is the closest piece of land along the river to get to saladar you're gonna have to break trail through the woods and elaine and nynaeve and their group they start doing that and kind of thinking hmm so we're almost there and elaine raises it what kind of uh reception do you think we'll get and they That's really haven't thought great about this question, which is a good reason why we're glad we have another chapter that we still have to get to. Right, right. It'd be I mean, really rude of us to leave a cliffhanger right there. Nynaeve, you know, she figures, I, I don't think we'll be hailed as heroes, but I'm sure they'll be glad to see us and hero we can share or the information we picked up along the way. Mm. Chapter 50, called To Teach and Learn. Yeah, shows Nynaeve and Elaine and Saladar now. We get to skip the whole trudge through the woods. Oh, that's good. I was really looking forward to the trudge through the woods, the realizing that there was a tick, having to deal with that so they avoid Lyme disease. It was a whole thing that I really wanted to dive into. Give me more. I'm sorry you're going to miss that. The uh, entomology of this world. You can stop now. You can stop. (laughs) But I tell you, they are not happy when we pick up this chapter because they have just, like they're at the tail end of being totally grilled by the leading sisters of Saladar. Are they like a little crispy or blackened or... They're feeling a little bit, yeah, a little toasted. 
So like direct heat or indirect? In short, I'm just going to move on. Um, <laughs> when they first saw Saladar, some warders saw them and Min saw them. Mm -hmm. And Min is thrilled to see them. Finally, some friendly faces. But that's the only person who reacts with joy, ebullience, sheer happiness. Oh, yeah. Everyone else is going to see them either as a tool or a problem. Well, they get escorted by the warders to one Aes Sedai, who they can tell what their business is, why they're here, what the deal is. And they start sharing this whole story. And they've only gone maybe a minute into it when she stops them. Wait here. And then left there like 5, 10, 15 minutes just cooling their heels. And then they're escorted into this meeting with I'm the just full gonna say, body of main sisters. It did not take that long to get them actually assembled and ready to meet them. They were ready and assembled in five minutes, and then they waited ten as a power move. Now, they share everything they want to tell them, meaning they don't tell them everything. But they tell them most of what happened along the mm -hmm. way. And they get poked and prodded and asked for more information by the eyes to die. But they also get a lot of scoffing. And yeah, and clearly you're you're exaggerating. And oh, really? Now, I mean, like when Nynaeve battled Mogedian, we get highlighted Child, here that please. the Aes Sedai, even the quote unquote good Aes Sedai, these ones that we are viewing as the ones that we want to support, as opposed to the Tower Aes Sedai that are supporting Elida, like. They're still Aes Sedai. They're still full of themselves. They still think they deserve the power. They still have reek power of arrogance. politics and this mess where they don't trust anyone unless they choose to trust them. And if they don't actively choose to trust and respect you, then they don't trust or respect anything about you, not even just a little. And one of the things that's clearly in the way now is these two, Elaine, Nynaeve, are not Aes Sedai. They're no. only accepted. Therefore... They don't know anything. They don't understand what they really experienced. They don't have the perception an Aes Sedai has. They're still sitting at the position where it is ingrained within Aes Sedai society, this culture of theirs, the subculture, that they are referred to as children. Yes. Now, Swan is in this room with them as well. And she's a bit on the horns in this situation because it's come out that the girls are not runaway accepted. I mean, very early on, they were sent from the tower by Swan to hunt 13 Black Aja. And not that. That alone isn't why she's in trouble. It's, Swan, why did you not tell us this? See, Swan has not revealed everything either. No, and, and she's basically like, you didn't ask me, so I didn't tell you that. That is my policy to life, too. Uh, sometimes it gets me in trouble, too, Swan. She also, Swan also gets right in their face as much as she can, deferentially. But you can't hold me accountable and, and you know, discipline me for doing something that I had every right to do when I was the Amerlin. I, and I could not know who to trust in the White Tower at the time because Black Aja, who knows what spies might be about? And basically, us, she's that's saying, a valid argument. I didn't trust any of you. To us, that's a very valid argument. To them, it's a slap in the face, and it's a little bit of a sign of going, you know, Elida's wrong. But Elida's wrong because Elida doesn't deserve to be power. She's not necessarily wrong that you should have been deposed. Hmm. It's it's shaky ground. Uh, they also learn from Nynaeve and Elaine that they have been communicating with Egwene through Teleron Riyadh, that there is a way to communicate, uh, and that the wise ones, 
Some of them are dream walkers. They know how mm -hmm. to work through the world of dreams and have been teaching Egwene how to do these things. So they've been able to stay in touch and therefore they know what Rand's been up to and they share what they know of what Rand's done. So now they know he's he went to the Isle Waste, but now he's in Kyrian and now he's king of Kyrian or something. He's got and, some cool tats. Yeah. And Swan is sitting there. See, he went to the Waste, just like I told you. They didn't believe her because she's not full eyes to die, you know. Um, also, it comes out that some of the wise ones can channel. And they're kind of like, well, we'll see about that. They're not sure they believe that, but they're open they to do possibility. About it, maybe we have to deal with that because I said I are the only ones allowed to channel. If you aren't I said I, um, no, it's very elitist. Yeah. One of the few things they do. Well, a couple of key things they managed to hold back. Brigida's identity. They, they don't share that part of the story. And it never does come out that they were posing as full sisters. They managed to hold that back. Which is really lucky, because otherwise they'd immediately be going and getting their butts whooped. As the grilling concludes, a few things are decided. It will be good for the Aes Sedai to be able to speak with Egwene through Teleron Riyadh, and through her, speak with Moraine. See, again, it's not good enough that they can talk with Egwene. They need to communicate with Moraine because... She's a real sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Egwene doesn't count. Exactly. Just a channel. Communicating with Moraine is essential because they hope to do what? I mean, at the end of the day, they hope to reach Rand. Yeah. They want to influence him, make him do the right things. And Moraine's now the eyes to die close enough to um, do something. They're still thinking of this in terms of we need to do our eyes to die thing and poke and prod him and control him. And it's like, you should like go have a conversation with him and see how he handles that. Cause he doesn't. Yeah. At all. Now, since that is a thing that can be done, Elaine and Nynaeve are ordered to teach them. They're going to give lessons on how to use the dream Terangrial, the other hmm. dream Terangrial. Gotcha. Yeah. They're going to be giving lessons. So that means they're going to be full sisters, right? Because only sisters teach other sisters oh, things, no. right? Oh, no. They will just mm. cooperate and do what they are mm. told here. Also, the letter of rights, which was part of how Swan got in so much trouble. They have this letter of rights that they can just access the Tower Bank yeah. for anything they need. What the heck were you thinking, Swan? Um, that's now theirs, and they're going to use it to draw a whole mess of money out of the White Tower's of bank. Of course it is. They've got an army to pay. So they're going to do that. Oh, and all these, all this gold coin and various other coins that Nynaeve and Elaine had accumulated, had with them from all the way back in Terabon. Yeah, that's all void now. They're going to use that. This just gives me a lot of vibes of like the absentee parent who has really not been around or helpful at all. Their kid goes off and does something successful and they come back and they're like, look, be proud of me for once. And they go, I am proud of you. Look at all the stuff you got me. Yeah. It's like, that's not how this works. They inform the girls that they will be returning now to their studies as accepted and they will not be held accountable for their actions while they were roaming around because they were following orders of the Omerlincy. Like, we oh, did all these awesome things you. and you're telling us we're not in trouble. They're feeling a little unappreciated. Yeah, they've been slapped. One small thing, they do get to keep the jewels that the Panarch had given them as gifts. And the silver arrow that they had with them. They do want to know, how'd you come upon this silver arrow? Tell us that um, at some point. It's know, not important right now. Don't worry about it. Uh, something big is revealed that many of the Aes Sedai are very unsettled about. 
Mm -hmm. It's caused some tension in this conversation. And that is the seal on the Dark One's prison that they brought with them from Tanchico. When it's taken out of its wrappings, it's in pieces. All right. Who sat on the unbreakable material? Literally, the eyes to die are like, how could you let this happen? And Elaine is throwing it right back in their face. It's Quendiar. Yeah, it's a little how bit should of a, we have known we have to take care of the unbreakable of object? Exactly. If there's something wrong with this, if it is broken, this is not a us problem. This is a one power problem. And you just told us we're not allowed to do these things with the one power. That's I said I business. So if you want to tell us we're not I said I, this is your fault. Yeah. As far as they can tell, up to four of the seals are broken. They know of three. Of how many? Up to four. They know of three. They believe they know three are still whole. But this is just belief in this room amongst these women. But there's only seven seals? That, that's what we're saying? Yes. There's Out not like a secret total. eighth seal or something? Not that we know of. Would have been real nice. Just like the Horcrux is just a secret extra one. Yeah. The girls are dismissed. They rejoin their group out in the common room. All the Shinarans, uh, Uno and Julin and Tom. They're just hanging out, waiting. Brigida's mm -hmm. out there. Min's hanging out there too, waiting to see what's going to happen. When they come out, Brigida's the first one to go to them. What did you tell them? And you know what she wants to know. She wants to know, did you tell them I'm a hero for, of the horn that escapes Teleron Riyad on accident because of the Forsaken? Because that's like, I told you not to tell people. And immediately they put her at ease. Nope, they just know you are a good friend who helped us along our way. And cool, we cool, cool. did get permission from the sisters that you and Arena and Nicola and Maragon, you're all welcome to stay. Follow-up question. Did you mention that uh, Elaine and I are bonded? Like, is that something they know Ixnay about? Ixnay on the Onded Bay. Oh, okay, Ixnay. okay. I didn't say anything. <laughs> now, Min, uh, she's eager to restart conversation now that they've been freed up. Okay, can we talk about stuff? Um, but before they can start talking, Fowlane comes up. I love that. Fowlane. Very foul. Very unpleasant person. Uh, it's also not how us, I say this name, but it's valid. How do you say it? Fowlane. Mm, I like foul. I like <laughs> foul. It's, it's fun, but it's just different. Do you remember what the deal is with this particular accepted? Oh, she's Why she's jerk. so nasty? Yeah, she is a jerk. Uh, In what ways the biggest does thing, that manifest? She's jealous. Um, she has been a pretty normal Aes Sedai. Maybe... Maybe a little behind the curve, but that's to say it took her a while to be a novice. It took her a while to get off of being a novice to become an accepted. She's been accepted for a while. Yeah, five it's, years she's been sitting yeah. at this level now. It's one of those things where it's like by the time she's an Aes Sedai, she will have probably been in training for like 20 years or something. Um, and yeah, the power is going to like extend that a little, but she's bitter, especially and to these people who like Nynaeve showed up and day one hi you're an accepted. accepted and uh yeah elaine is also accepted she wore novice white for less than a year it's like it's not fair i mean is it fair well let's look at what we're talking about we're not talking about equitable we're talking about equal and they got to that point way before you did yeah foul lane has an issue though with you know taking advantage of making people miserable if she can, if she thinks they deserve it. And so one of the things that why she's still accepted. One of the things that comes out here is that uh, she was 
one of, maybe the only one, but probably just one of those here in Saladar who had given Swan and Liana a really hard time mm. now that they can't channel for being responsible for the whole mess the Aes Sedai were in. Uh, Elaine and Nynaeve were warned not to give Swan and Liana trouble, like some have done, and we have dealt with that. Okay, one of them they're talking about is Foul Lane. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out. Now, there's a piece of me that has to take all of this with a little bit of perspective. Because okay. for as bad as we think of Fowlane, for as much as we think she's a mean person, she's in Saladar. Which means when all this went down, hmm. she said, nah, I'm outie. She would have been in Tarvalin. She would have had no reason not to be. And so she still, as much as we don't like her, said, this is wrong. Elida shouldn't be there. I'm out. I like that. We're going to come back to that in one brief moment, but there's something that happens to get rid of Fowlane. And that's, she's here specifically for Nicola and Arena for testing. And it's revealed that the women here in Saladar have been scooping up any women that they can from the area and testing them to see if they have the ability to channel. Could they learn to channel? Are they a wilder maybe even? And anyone that they find, they're sucking into their ranks. It's only been three so far that they found, but they're still doing it. And these two, they're prime. They're young girls. We're going to give them a test and see if they have any ability. Why are they so vigilant now, now at long last, to try to find women who can channel? Uh, to be blunt about it, because they need to be able to be competitive with the tower. Yep. Like the physical location. They need numbers. we got to grow. <laughs> and... We're really, really hoping this doesn't turn out to an all-out power war or something. But if it does, we need soldiers. Now, Fowlane thinks it's a waste of time. Particularly because, okay, if we bring them in as novices, they're never going to be anything more than novices until we get back to the tower. What is she thinking there? She's thinking they can't take the accepted test because they don't have the rings. They can't right. ascend to full Aes Sedai because they don't have the oath rod. They don't have the things that make people Aes Sedai. Hi. Outside the box thinking is not in Foul Lane's camp, apparently. that That's not her skill set. Uh-oh. Did I lose you? You seem frozen. I'll oh, be honest. There. I hope that one's just on my end. Yeah, it, you were frozen on my end for quite a bit. Yeah, I lost Both everything. Both here and Discord. All of the things. I Everything okay. was frozen, so I hope while you were gone, I, While you were gone, I went and checked my internet, and it was fine. Like, it, cool. Blazing stuff, I'm hoping it was so. my end. Okay, we'll hope. <laughs> Anyways, um, Foul Lane leaves and Min drops a comment that goes to what you said about Foul Lane. Mm -hmm. She's like, such a nasty woman. You'd think if anyone's future was going to be terrible, it would be one like that. But meaning... Min sees images around Aes Sedai. She sees things all the time. Here in Saladar, she's seeing things all the time. And she's seeing something promising, something good. Whether she knows entirely what it means or not, Fowlane's got something cooking that's She's gonna got end a positive up being future ahead good. of her in some way. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Julin, and Uno then come up to them, and they they clearly have something they want to say, and they share the information that they've been listening and and checking. And these Aes Sedai actually think they can pull down Elida in Tarvalon from here. They're completely yeah, foolish, unreasonable, impractical. Elaine, naive. If you want to get out of here and get to Rand, where you can maybe do something real, we're ready to help. The warders, they're guarding to keep people out. They're really not paying attention to people leaving. We could do this. 
Yeah, but here's the problem. You just suggested that they leave and go to Rand. They may have been thinking that was a good idea because they were sick and tired of the Aes Sedai <laughs> and what, how they've been being treated. But now you've suggested it. Now so it wasn't the worst idea. It wasn't now, their idea. Nynaeve does ponder it for a moment, but it's a pretty short moment. Her reasons for wanting to stay are greater. She still wants to learn to heal. She still wants things that only the Aes Sedai can give her. So she declines. Now, there's... You know, right then and there, she's like, you guys, you could go. Your job is done. Don't stick around with us now because, you know, you told Rand you'd keep us safe. We're with the Aes Sedai now, okay? Your mission's over. Why don't you guys go ahead? We'll even see what we can get together to send with you for funds and, and such. And you could probably do more good with Rand. Eh, well, maybe. I've actually been thinking uh, there's this and that and no. These guys that were so ready to help them leave suddenly have every excuse in the book why they're going to stick around a while. And yeah. is it really them showing their loyalty to Nynaeve, to Elaine, even to Birgitta, and being like, uh, no, where you go, I go. There is so much in this chapter that comes from just conversation that's only partly understood by Nynaeve. Again, her POV. It's actually a bit maddening to try to talk about in an episode like this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to cover just the, the tidbits now. Okay. And we'll see what we can make of this. Okay. Gareth Bryn appears and he's cool. rather dismissive of Elaine. Elaine's like, Gareth, um, I don't know why you're here, but I know things ended badly with my mother and you for some reason. I'm sure we can fix that, whatever it is. You know how she gets. And he's like, that's over and moves on. She's like, what? One, he doesn't want to talk about it. Two, he's moved on. And uh, he has other reasons his priorities might be shifting. Like I said, he's moved on. What's the next thing we see? Uh, I don't know where we are in the notes. Oh, man. I have it coded. One's for you and one's for me. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Nope. You just go for it and I'm going to interject. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Bryn, we find out, had invited the Shinarans to join his army. And Uno hmm. had said, well, we'll think about it. We're not sure. Well, he asks again now. And this time Uno's like, well, you know, maybe we could do that. We really don't have anything better to do. In other words, he put Bryn off when there was a plan that they might try to escape. Yeah, that he was saying, kiboshed. I'm not going to join this while we're going to go get the woman to Tear, to Rand, to all but this now, stuff. Probably Kyrie and now, but hey, they're if happy. we're sticking around, we'll do your thing. We'll be part of your, part of your force. Yeah, yep. We'll get paid. Gareth and Tom settled their differences. Yeah. What's that about? I mean, they both acknowledge it's very, very interesting how they do it, um, but they both one, make it clear. Hmm. They share an X. <laughs> Two, for like 20 years, um, maybe it was more like 10, um, Gareth had like standing orders to arrest and execute Tom. Mm -hmm. And he would have gladly done it. But they're both like, hey, that's behind us all now. Because it was all like, about Morghese, hey, So She was a great woman. We would have done some crazy things. We did do some crazy things for her in the name of her. But also, like, she dumped both of us. Yeah. So, want to play a game? We, yeah, we cool. let's play a game. We yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, and we learned Swan is doing Gareth's wash. And he's like, what the heck is that about? You mean the thing that she said she was going to pawn off to men? Which, really, she's been pawning off to men. But Gareth doesn't hmm. know that. Okay, Gareth and the guys leave. Swan gives private orders then to Nynaeve, pulls her aside, has a talk. 
and the you know the subservient Swan Sanche talking and taking orders from the Aes Sedai. Yeah, that's gone now. This is bossy Amarlin seat Swan talking to Nynaeve now, and she says, mm-hmm. "You're gonna also teach me how to use that dream ring." And Nynaeve infers very quickly, um, "The Aes Sedai didn't tell me to do that. They don't know you want me to do that for you too." They? And Swan's like, you know what? You're correct, but we can work something out here because I can get well, things first, that you want. No, first she tries to bully her. She says, oh, of course. Doesn't matter. You will do it because if you don't, I will tell the Aes Sedai that you and Elaine were posing as full sisters all the <sighs> time that you were gone. How did you know what well, you just told me? Nynaeve throws it right back in her face and says, uh-uh, because if you try to tell that... I'll tell them about how it's so obvious you and Liana are still scheming together and are not so subservient and pretending to hate each other now that it's all a plan to manipulate them. Hey, can we just like drop some of the manipulation and scheming here? Because there's enough of that going around with the people that I don't respect. I actually like the (laughs) both of you. Can you just talk to each other? The result is actually a level of mutual respect. Rather than Swan bowing to Nynaeve's dominance... They come to an agreement, and Nynaeve will teach Swan. But in return, Swan will let Nynaeve study her, Liana, and Loghain to see if she can figure out what actually happened to them when they were stilled, or in Loghain's case, gentled, to see if she can heal it. If if healing might be possible, because anything short of death ought to be able to be healed. Now, this is something that Nynaeve has been told, no, it's not possible. She's also been told... We don't study it because we don't like to think about it. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's a little bit of that sort of thing of like, but how do you know it's not possible if you actively choose to not study it? Right. All right. The final couple of pages of the chapter. We're almost done, Zach. Um, switches from Nynaeve to Elaine's point of view. And Elaine and Min had gone off while Nynaeve and Swan stepped aside. Elaine and Min are conversing and we get a few more nuggets of information here. One, Min had a viewing of Nicola, Arena, and Maragon. And it wasn't clear, but she's able to say all of them are going to be trouble. I can't tell you how, but something about each one of them, they're going to be trouble. Notably, they're going to be trouble, not they're going to be in trouble. Right. Speaking of viewings, Min admits that, yes, she had a viewing previously of Elaine, that Elaine would fall in love with Rand. And that Elaine would have to share Rand with two other women, and Min is one of them. Ooh, this is some this is some interesting spice going on. What? How's it going to fall out? She also acknowledges she doesn't know who the other one is. Just somebody with a really mighty temper. And she's so thankful it's not Nynaeve. <laughs> I love that that, that comes out. A little out. awkward. <laughs> Elaine takes a good route with this and says, you know, men, you and I are practically sisters. We're friends. Rand will not come between us. And when we figure out who that third one is, please don't let it be Berylane. Please don't let it be Berylane. We will make it work somehow. Now, men's not thinking about Berylane. Why can't it be Berylane? Min is thinking about all these beautiful women in Kyrian that he's Mm. spending all these time with. And and we're going to have to try to adapt to one of those. Now, Elaine says... They're too short for him. Elaine says, this is great. Don't worry. Avienda is keeping an eye on him and and taking care of him. Nothing Mm -hmm. inappropriate or horrible will come with any of those women. Well, she definitely took care of him once. (laughs) 
that's the end of the chapter and the end of our spoiler free content so if you're a first time reader enjoying this episode we bid you a fond adieu it's time for you to head out and we will talk to you next time bye-bye for the rest of you the spoiler room just once i'm so proud Uh of you i did it i did it all right we're gonna roll to see who gets to spoil something first as we both do it so i'll be rolling these nice pretty new dice that i got at rtx uh you're gonna have a hard time shameless plug everything dice local artist check them out are we getting anything for that no but i think they're really nice and i'm supporting them Uh, that being said, I can still roll badly. What'd you get? A three. Oh, I get to go first with a 10. That's not bad. That's average. Uh, it's technically slightly below average because you can't roll a zero. Um, so I'm going to go back to that thing that I said I was going to remember, but also not end up spoiling much of anything. Um, just rather talking with full spoilers. The captain, the guy we don't respect, the guy who's awful, right? Married with kids, Ebu Dar. I think he's so whipped. I think he goes home and his wife with a marriage knife has him in a just a vice collar around his neck and everything kind of vibe. He has to leave town and go smuggling to support her and to escape because when he's in town, she is the boss. She wears the pants. So every one of those children has been a kink thing. Every one of those kids has been her choice, not his. He's tied to the bed. She's in charge. We are and doing this thing. she kicks him out of town to go smuggle <laughs> and do these things to support the kids. Because she's like, look, I've got a thriving business here. I'm doing great. But also, get out there and be useful. Because right now, you're not useful to me. I got what I wanted from you right now. So if you stay, I'm going to use this knife. If you don't, then That's maybe funny. we can talk That's when you funny. get back with money. And we can see about making another kid. It's an interesting theory, but it lies in some truth in that we know the people in Ebudar, the women are in charge. So it sits well he hates Ebudar. women being in charge. He wants to be in charge. He's yeah. going to stay away from home. It chafes with him partially because when he's home, nah, nah, he, there's no, there's no room there. That's right. And he so says, I like yes, it. Dear. I like it. All right. My spoiler is something you kind of spoiled in this episode. I was like, oh, yeah, I did. How did he let that out? It's too early and you should have been following the notes better. Marigon is Mogedian. She's right here with them on the ship. Yes, but you shouldn't have. First time readers do not have enough information to know that. I didn't do it very obviously. You did. You're like, oh. Now, not that you gave away which one, but you made it very clear Mogedian is on the ship with them. Yeah, but I'm not the one who paused for 10 seconds after saying something about her. Pregnant pauses are our jam. I'm just saying, if one of us gave gave something away, it wasn't me. (laughs) So, yes, we now have Mogedian. She has found them. She is with them, hiding in plain sight. That's going to be a delightful storyline. And when they eventually capture her in Teleron Riyadh, they will find Maragon trapped in the real world. Powerless. Also, you say eventually it's really, really far away. It's not. It's a little bit. I didn't look how many chapters. Pretty sure it's still in this book, though. And we don't have many chapters left in this book. It might be in this book. I can't say for sure. I've read all of this so many times. It blurs. I don't know where these are. Well, we'll find out.
but we do have a lot of exciting stuff still coming up at the end of this book. So there's some big grand stuff still coming up. What? Spoilers. Oh, wait, we're yeah. in the spoiler room. It's fine. That's all right. But that's it. That's all we got here now. So let me run our outro. And you can sing and dance anything else that you wanted to say. I will dance. I don't know about sing. I'm just kind of, I'm vibing. I'm pointing at the Here back. Here all the ways. Look, we're yeah. thankful that you watch. We want you to like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review if that's your jam. If you're here on YouTube, cool. Um, then you can actually like, subscribe, even hit that little bell, get a notification when we post new things. Come support us in any way on our social medias, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, Twitter, Patreon. other things. Patreon if you want to go to the next level and even get some benefits. Be here live, see some extra content that we make. Uh, go old school. Send us an email. Who knows? Well done, Zach. We'll talk to you next time.